Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to our first Rugby World Cup match preview pod ahead of Ireland's opening round clash with Romania this Saturday afternoon. Ireland returned to Bordeaux for another World Cup opener against weak opposition, but with a locked and loaded team selection, Ireland should be able to stay cool under the beaming French sun. I have two guests with me to look ahead to this Pool B clash tonight. Making his debut on the channel, we have Ball Handling Hawker. Welcome, mate. Hi, thanks. Good to, good to be here. Good to have you on. And returning for a third cap, a second in quick succession as well, is the master of none himself, Stephen Murphy. Welcome back, Stephen. I'm in a proper patch, you know me. You just got to play me. You got to play me, coach. Thanks for having yeah. me. Too. Some people need games. Some people need training. Need game time. I'm like Johnny. I need game time. Get me back in. <laughs> Except which referee did you go after? We'll get into that in the oh. this podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, BHH yourself, you haven't been on this podcast yet, so I'd like to start everyone off by asking, are you excited for the World Cup? And as we speak, it's it's literally just hours away, 24 hours away as, as we speak. So are you excited? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the layup of a question to start off. Um, uh, to be honest, I feel like an eight-year-old and this is my first, you know, major World Cup tournament in any sport. You know, this is like 2002 excitement all over again. Um, and to echo what Gavin Casey said in your in your World Cup preview yesterday, um, it's because it's so open and it's so exciting. And there's, you know, there's four legitimate contenders, but there's also so many opportunities for for some of the lesser nations to come through like you know your fijis and your samoas and your englands you know so it's going to be a good it's going to be a great two months yeah absolutely and it's i suppose it's it's just that excitement now at this stage there's nothing else in it there's nerves but it's just sheer excitement and ireland have named their side and that's when that's when it gets real. We spoke about it off air, you know, with pre-season squads named, Ireland squad named. That's when you know the season is really starting. And the side is captained by the returning Johnny Sexton, who we mentioned at the top of the show, with Joe McCarthy and Keith Earls also among the starters. So I'll just run you through the teams first of all, and then we'll get into a bit of chat about it. So the front row for Ireland starts with Andrew Porter, Rob Hedering and Tyke Furlong. Lynch's Joe McCarthy partners James Ryan in the second row. 
Munster's Tigburn moves to blindside for the first time since 2021 for Ireland, alongside Peter O'Mahony and Caelan Doris. The halfback pair is the brilliant Jemison Gibson Park and captain Johnny Sexton. Bundiaki and Gary Ringos get the nod together at centre, as they did against England, with a back three of James Lowe, Keith Earls, and Hugo Keenan. The Irish bench consists of fit again Ronan Kelleher, Jeremy Luckman, Tom O'Toole, Ian Henderson, World Player of the Year, Josh van der Fleer, Conor Murray, Jack Crowley, and Robbie Henshaw. And I'll start with yourself now, Stephen, with that Irish 23. It's strong. We all kind of expected that, but we'll, we'll just start with the back line there. Gibson Park, Sexton, Aki, Ringrose, Lowe, Earls, Keenan. Pretty strong, pretty exciting as well for a game like this. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much a starting back back line bar. Maybe Mac would come in for Keith Earls. I think, but even even that, if, that, if that's your back line going into a South Africa game, you're pretty happy as an Irish uh, supporter, uh, which is great. The main thing, obviously, is having Johnny back. We we we'd heard stories that maybe he was struggling to find fitness, um, even though he was he was available to play. But he's back. This is the ideal game. No disrespect to Romania, but. If he gets 60, 65 minutes into the legs, get him off, get Jack, uh, Jack Crowley on, it's, you know, it's going to be a good day in terms of that. Um, you know, having, you know, Keenan there, you, you have a lot of lads starting where I wouldn't expect to see them against Tonga, Hugo Keenan being one of them. Uh, I don't think we'll see him against Tonga. And I think rightly so, we can't afford to lose him. I've seen a great, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Two Cents Rugby, the, the Kiwi, but. Um, he was going through basically the the minutes played per per every squad in the World Cup, and Hugo Keenan and Josh Van der Fleer were by far our most reliant players and not huge backups in in those positions. Uh, so we need to keep Keenan uh, fresh as a daisy. Uh, good to see Keith Arrows uh, back in as well. You know he picked up a knock um, in the final warm up game, so that's great to see him back uh, healthy. Glad to see Bundy in playing this game and not against Tonga because Bundy loves getting in with the Islanders. So if we can avoid any red cards against Tonga, let's let's do that. Let's not get him near that pitch. Um, look at this game will be a it's it's about getting a a bit of a blowout in the lungs. It's about getting that first game over you, um, and it's as strong as a, as a back a back line. Maybe I said Bar Mac. So it's brilliant to see everyone at least healthy for the time being. I suppose Bundy's name has been one that we've mentioned quite a few times in the pod in these previews and. It is interesting insofar as Ireland have four centres and coming in, you could have said, okay, well, they've three inside centres, but certainly the closer we get to tournament, it's starting to get the feel that Bundy is first choice at 12. So we could well see McCluskey alongside Henshaw again, especially considering they've had two warm-up games as a partnership. They could be well brought out for the for the next game against against Tonga, as you said, but we might just get into those selection decisions in a bit with that game in mind because it should be a tougher contest next time around. But back to yourself now, um, BH, and like that Ireland pack is strong. Some people would have maybe liked to see Kelleher in there, maybe Beelham, you know, maybe a Ryan Baird. But you do have Joe McCarthy starting. You do have Rob Herring getting the chance to to keep ahead of Kelleher. I think it's it's fair to say O'Mahony gets a shot at seven. So pretty strong again, as as we were saying, but also a few different discussion points there. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. I think, um, you know, to echo what Stephen said, the backs are kind of set up so that it's their best back line. The, the forwards are kind of set up to give them some game time, maybe, you know, combat some of the Romanian strengths. Um, and realistically, I think the hand has been forced with injuries. You know, uh, I think Paul O'Connell said this, uh, 
Deco Coin, Dan Sheen, and Jack Owen were unavailable for selection. You know, so that really only leaves two forwards in the entire squad that were available for selection that are not involved in this match day 23. You know, so like from that point of view, I, I'm I'm happy to see what's essentially the the first choice uh, front row get it get a nice start. Uh, the remainings are, are strong up front. You want to get them going up and running. You know. They haven't started. When I look at this team, this is um, this is essentially a fourth warm-up game. Given given the minutes that this fifteen has played compared to the other eighteen players that are in the squad, so I think that's what we're looking at for this game. And there's probably no harm to that either, because with no well, without being disrespectful to Romania, they are on coming off the back of two fifty-point losses in a row. They had a mediocre um, Rugby Europe Championship at the start of the year. So it's kind of as expected that Ireland treat this like a warm-up game. Uh, there will be a bit of a points race, I assume, especially among fans, you know, what sort of a score can we put on them? But I suppose if you're thinking in that regard in the first game, then maybe you're not as confident as, as you should be for Scotland and South Africa. That's, you know, the other side of the armchair psychologist question. And, the back line is, as we said, I'll, I'll just run over that myself. Like it's it's kind of what you want to see in some ways as well. You know, Tom O'Toole gets the chance to to back up Furlong and I certainly am of the belief that the tight head spot is is open enough between Furlong and Bealham. So for O'Toole, definitely a chance there. Keller has to get back into match practice because he could well be relied upon against South Africa. Yeah, we, we can't be certain. Luckman, similar enough. I think Ian Henderson is playing well that if he just comes on and just does what Ian Henderson does, I think he'd be fine. Van der Fleer, Murray, they need no introduction. But I, I wrote about this in my preview piece, which which goes live Friday as well. And that is Jack Crowley and Robbie Henshaw, probably two players really staking the claim. Henshaw for 12 and for 23, because Farrell typically likes to put a centre in that shirt. And Crowley for that for backing up Sexton, because, listen, he's he's done it and he has the the persona that he can kick on and try and push his way past Ross Byrne should be interesting to see what he can do. You'd imagine, though, if he comes on, we could see, well, see him well coming on at 12, just depending on how Sexton's going, if if we really need to get as many minutes into him. But a couple of different subplots there. There's, there's no doubt about that. And in terms of combinations as well, it's it's kind of what you like to see for the the cohesion the cohesion side of things, which we always talk about. And I just, what happens if uh, quick question? Sorry for the team selection. What if Keith Earls or Lowe gets injured? Ringrose push out to wing. Ringrose go to wing. Yeah, Ringrose finished a few games in the wing in um maybe not this year, but definitely in twenty twenty two Six Nations he finished a few in the wing. I think yeah, I, I know he's uh, done it. Some but, game uh, there as well, didn't he? He did. I think. Yeah, he came on for soccer, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I would have said the other option is maybe move Keenan onto the wing and have Crowley uh, back at fullback. I can see that definitely be an option, especially while Crowley's there because we've seen when Carberry was in the squad, we often saw Carberry go to 15 and someone reshuffle around there. So we could definitely see that with Crowley. And he's he's not, for for a young 10, he's not, he's not small. He has a bit of stature about him. He would be fine back there, you know, compared to, well, especially against Romania, but against other teams as well. We'll move on to them as well. So, if if you know these players, 
good on you. You know, Romanian our Romanian rugby is not often on television here, so this is just the the fact about it. So they line up with the front row of Julian Hartig, Vito Cotacaro, and Alexandru Gordas. Second row is Adrian Motok and Stefan Iancu. And a back row of Florian Rosso, Vlad Nicolau, and Captain Christy Scherka. At half back is Gabriel Rupanu and Finkley Vavasa. The centre partnership is interesting, that this is noteworthy, with Tanjimana Funavai partnered by Jason Tamane, brother of former Aussie and Leinster winger Joe Tamane, and Tivita Manamua, Nicholas Anotu, and Marius. Simeonescu in the back three and BHH will we'll come to you first like their qualification campaign you know getting in on an eligibility issue their warm-ups it's it's all been pretty bleak for Romania they didn't qualify in 2015 or 2019 apologies last qualified in 2015 this is a pretty weak side but we have to be mindful as well that you know they did get in here they did earn earned their place in, in some regard. I know it could have been Spain's spot if they took it. And, you know, they deserve to be here and all that. But there's also the factor of the way rugby is going, the gap between tier one and tier two, it's it's only getting bigger, isn't it? Um well first off, uh hats off on those pronunciations. I, I don't think I, I, could I definitely have myself. It <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, look, this it hasn't been a great campaign for them, you know. Um I think they did qualify for 2019, but they were on the other end of an eligibility uh, um, issue, which rolled them out. Um, like they're another team that has switched coached in the middle of this campaign. Um, Andy Robinson left pretty abruptly at the start of 2022, and you can see that that's impacted their form, had their style of play. Um, they haven't won that many games in the last two years, other than you know, the Polands and the Belgians of the world. And like that's that's a good bit below those good tier two teams as well, you know. And even in those two fifty point losses in, in the war, war in the warm ups, like eleven starters of this game started against Italy. Uh it was eighteen of this twenty three. Like they went at that full bore knowing that this is going to be their strongest team and they still lost by fifty seven or by 50, um, albeit with a red card after 10 minutes. Like, this this is a very bad team. Their their defence, particularly in, in the backs, is horrendous. But their strengths are the mole and the forwards. And it should be a nice test for, for Ireland, who've, you know, we've come on stuck with, with a few um, mole penalties in, in terms of blocking, like, this is a nice test for have have the forwards got this right? Have we, you know, built on on it? And it'll be a nice, you know, training grand run. I'd say Portugal probably gave Sexton a bit more of difficult time than Romania will tomorrow. Yeah. And supposedly Romania did give them a, a good run. It's it's which is or, yeah, Portugal um in that training camp, which is good to see. But I suppose Stephen, like it, um, it was mentioned there about you know line outs and and stuff like that. And can Ireland work on? And I suppose there's probably a point where this is a game where it's so easy to just try and force Everton, younger players in particular. We always see it. You go back to Ireland's first game against the Maori All Blacks 
in 2022 and they had a young team, didn't really know each other, an awful lot of them were forcing things and they were well beaten. I'm not saying Ireland would be beaten today or on Saturday. It's a strong team, but it's probably a good litmus test to see what players are just going to go out there, do their job and just go from there. Yeah, it's a real strange one because I think fans are looking for, I mean, the handicap is 63 points. Uh, like I don't Which know, is Ireland, the biggest win in twenty nineteen World Cup. Yeah, it's mm. Ireland are not historically don't run up the scoreboard on teams. Even even poor teams tend to be poor teams. Actually, sort of bring them down at a couple of levels. Now that is old Irish teams. I don't know if this Irish team with their new kind of mental strength will be like that. But if they go out and win by forty and they play well, is that not a success? Like it's you know the fans yeah. kind of view of it, and I think what Andy Farrell will view it are very different things. The main thing I want to see is I want to see a pretty uh, competent performance. I don't want to see sloppiness in any, in any shape or form. I don't want to see any like knock-ons, poor handling, like you guys mentioned there. I want the lineup to look pretty efficient and pretty you know locked down. It's very easy, you know. You guys correctly said this is like another warm-up game, but we can't be treating it like that. We need to be treating this like hey, because guess what? Tonga are going to be no goddamn pushovers. Uh, going into that undercooked is a real potential banana skin. We need to treat this as a this is a you know let's get up to a certain tempo here and a, and a certain uh, intensity and take it from there. In terms of individuals, we want Sexton to look somewhat like Sexton. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not looking for peak Sexton maybe just yet, but I don't want him to look around like he's a bit limpy or anything like that. I want him to be quite healthy looking. Um, I want everyone else to come through unscathed as, as much as possible. Um, and yeah, it's, it's 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 a real tough one because I don't know what we, I kind of tweeted this out the other day. What what even is a good World Cup for Ireland? And to me, again, it's a lot of it is performance based. I want a good performance yeah. on Saturday. I don't necessarily care how much we beat them by. I obviously don't want them, want it to be a, a close encounter. But do I think we'll win by sixty three plus points? I probably don't. That's a huge score to put up in eighty minutes of rugby, no matter who you're playing. Only that's New Zealand and Namibia numbers is is only really that that when you get up to that crazy numbers. Uh, I just want I want it to look like a team that's ready to go and take on Tonga and then South Africa. I want a team. How many times have we seen in the past? You know, even even Italy was it last year in the Six Nations where it took us a few. It took us a good half to really get going, and that can happen sometimes with Ireland and lower lower seeded teams. I don't want that to happen on Saturday. I don't want it to be. Oh my God! It's half time. We're only up by seven points. What the hell is going on here? And then the whole media snowball effect of that. And God, we're going to Tonga. Are we undercooked here? Did we? Did we? You know this great schedule that we thought we had leading up to South Africa. Now, is this hurt us now? Should we have started with South Africa and all this bullshit? I just wanted to. I wanted to be a good, good performance. And like once it's a comfortable enough win and everyone comes through healthy enough, I don't particularly give a shit the scoreline. That's fair. And like health is important. But you have to remember as well, like. Ireland in their Grand Slam this year, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But if you look at tries scored, you look at points difference, you look at the the margin of victory in their wins, it was quite simply one of the top two, top three Grand Slam victories ever in the Six Nations era, alongside England and all three. And I think there was another one in there as well, which which came close. Like it was phenomenal. They know how to win. I I've, I said it yesterday on yesterday's pod. Ireland don't really win by three points, and this isn't what we're thinking about here. But they also don't really win by 40 or 50 points. I, I don't know what their biggest win the Andy Farrell era is, but it's you're probably only looking at about 40 points over Italy, give or take. Um, I think we did we hockey Japan in the summer yeah. by like 45, oh, that's 50. That's true, actually, yeah. But even that was 
45 points max, I'd say. I think that was 60, but, I think. Was it yeah, 60? yeah, it was the week before the New Zealand game. Yeah, um, it was. But then that was the really other the, side. Go on. Sorry. That was really the... I always think back to that game as... That was the first time in the Farrell era that things started to click. And that was yeah, when no, it was. You know, we really went up a level. And um, it's important to note that is in that is six weeks into a provincial season. You know, hmm. this is kind of the same point now. So if you do get the same performance, you can say, right, the cobwebs have been brushed off. You know, that kind of preseason sloppiness. Because I mentioned that about the England game. You know, there was a lot of preseason mistakes. The Italy game as well. And that's absolutely fine. You know, we're not South Africa. We haven't just played a Six Nations and the run into this. So it'll happen. And obviously, predictions-wise, we, we all think Ireland are going to win. And, and comprehensively enough, I said, 40 plus, 40 plus in the preview, which kind of should be safe. <laughs> I'm not going to go and, and go, you know, 63 or 62 like like the bookies might. But I suppose even in terms of region, like what do you expect to see from Ireland? Do you expect to see a, a solid performance? Are you afraid of any nerves or anything like that? Um, What do I expect? Uh, no, I don't. What I said, like I said before, previous Irish teams, I could see this being a real sloppy kind of affair. I don't know what the weather is given um, for France, given scorcher, isn't it? Thirty-five degrees or something like that. During yeah, the game. okay. So it's not going to be like a bar of soap. So there's no excuses then for uh, handling errors or anything like that. I, I think this team has bucked every trend so far of previous Irish teams when it comes to mental weakness or mental fragility, um, and I expect that to continue. So I think it's going to be a pretty clinical performance where. Romania might hang for the first 10 minutes just through adrenaline alone and emotion maybe of the, of the event. But then I feel like Ireland are just going to go up through the gears um, and sort of methodically, you know, kind of dis- disassemble the disassemble Romania. Do I think we'll win by 63 plus? I, I probably don't because uh, I can see us getting up by maybe 40 and ideally whipping Johnny off, whipping a lot of the kind of players off and getting some of the sub benches on uh, and getting kind of minutes into their legs as well. Um, so I think Ireland will win. I think it'll be. I think it's going to be a very p- a clinical performance, and I think we'll win by forty-five. Yeah, and it's important to know as well when you do start. If you do get up a score line and you do take players off, we see it all the time at URC level. That's when it starts to get disjointed because you're chopping and changing. You know, it's it's only natural. It's it's a normal part of sport. And would finish with yourself, um, BHH. Like, is there anything, any players you want to see in particular to? Possibly put a hand up with with Tonga in mind in a week's time, and with obviously South Africa and Scotland to come, where we may need to rotate as well. Or in terms of what you expect from Ireland, what what do you expect to see? Who do you expect to stand out? I suppose. Um. Yeah. It's it's a hard question. I like I've been going back and forth in my head about what I want to see from Ireland. You know, and I kind of like I hear what Stephen's saying that you know you want to see Ireland get out of third gear and and. Uh, and just put in a good performance and like part of me thinks that's that's all well and good but at the same time we've heard a lot about uh, a lot of the chat about this team is like they've ticked every box of for a world cup contender you know they've they've had the series win down in new zealand they've had the grand slam they've beaten everybody else but another thing that world cup winners do is absolutely hockey shit teams so part of me really wants that as well, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I think, look, if they all get through injury-free and in an ideal world, there's four or five tries up 
by halftime and the biggest conversation you're having at halftime is how long does Johnny stay on for? You know, that's that's an absolute ideal. Um, you'd also, you know, in in games where you're up by a lot and the and the bench comes on, uh, you tend to see games, you know, get a bit frenetic and and mistakes come in and you know I don't I don't want to see that either. So that would be another big win. That's that's what you're looking for. Um, in terms of putting your hand up, like if Henderson and Crowley and Henshaw can give impact off the bench, I think that's huge for them uh, with Tonga coming up. Um, if Joe McCarthy can continue his, his different form from the warm-ups, I think that's that's huge. And like Rob Herring is in with a real chance of getting into the 23 for, for South Africa and Scotland. So, you know, a big performance from him could be huge. No, and it is about those, like we've said it before, Ireland is a cohesive team. There's only a handful of spots in the 23 that are really up for grabs. But if more than, say, 25, 26 players are putting their hands up, then that's a good position to be in because it's, you know, it's it, it's competition. Competition in a squad is, is never a bad thing. And I suppose that's what we'll leave it at that tonight, Laz. Thank you very, very much for for joining me. And for those at home, I'll be back on Saturday evening with a recap of this game, which... Hopefully there's nothing too divisive or too topical that we have to talk about, as as weird as that seems. And we will also have a recap of the round's action. But just so you know, there will be a preview and recap pod of all of Ireland's games, at least for the group stages and potentially as well going into the knockout stages. But again, we, we don't get too far ahead of ourselves in this podcast, or at least most of us don't. So again, thanks very much. If you like what you if you what you hear please do like subscribe tell a friend makes all the difference and you can find the links for my socials as well as the lads twitter pages which are absolutely brilliant content and that'll all be linked down below but for now folks until next time take it easy and enjoy the opening weekend of the rugby world cup sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.